All right, here we go for Saul 98, January 25th, uh, minus eight or so coming into the Sports 1440 studios at West Edmonton Mall, but looking at a high today of plus two, and boy, it just gets better as the week and the weekend progresses. Four and fives and sixes, even maybe 10 or 11 for Sunday. Wow, that is just unbelievable weather for this time of the year. We're almost into... February and man, winter just kind of flew by. I had that little stretch of about what a week or so where she was 30, 40 below. But other than that, it's been pretty darn good around here. And speaking of pretty darn good, that's where the Oilers are uh, as they go for number win 15 in a row tonight uh, against the, well, they got to be tuckered out. The Chicago Blackhawks played in Seattle last night. So, boy, this is just a wicked schedule. I'm sure when they saw this one, they were going, oh, love it. So in Seattle, it's what, about a two-hour flight Seattle to Edmonton. So by the time you got to get through customs, you get to the airport, you you know, it's 40 minutes to the hotel, blah, blah, blah. You're probably getting into the racket around Oh, I don't know, 3.15 Edmonton time, 3.30, somewhere like that. So uh, the Oilers will have a a little tuckered out Chicago Blackhawk team tonight. Oilers, well, 22-3 in their last uh, 25 games. Very, very impressive. Uh, I have to apologize, Duke, after hearing your little bit of uh, all your sound-ups that we call them in the intro with Ilya Simsonov. Uh, I have to apologize about the 15 minutes that TSN threw at him on Monday on the game for a Wednesday night. I mean, he was well worth every every minute of those 15 minutes of prep time and uh, showtime on Monday for a Wednesday night game. Yeah, he had, uh, what do you have, 32 saves? Uh, had the, uh, It was a 2-on-0 breakaway in shorthanded. And how about after the game, after that penalty expired, because I was shorthanded, um, you got to give it Sheldon Keefe. He, he sat uh, the three big nuts, sat him out for a little spell. Matthews, Marner, and Nylander sat for a little bit on the next uh, power play, didn't even make it out. And, um, you know, message sent. Accountability is where it is at. Text line is open 1 833 Seattle beat Chicago last night. And to be honest with you, Chicago was in the game. Up until the third period, ran out of steam as well. It was uh, the score was four two, and uh, Donato Ryan Donato had a breakaway. Joey Decord again. Joey Decord comes up with a massive save, and then seconds later, Thomas Tatar scores to make it five two. That's the difference in that game. Um, St. Louis over Vancouver by a score of four to three. Uh, last night in overtime, again, Toronto uh, shut out Winnipeg, one nothing in overtime. So, uh, boy, goaltending full on display. Laurent Persuade was rock solid for Winnipeg. We're going to talk about Buffalo and L.A. After the Buffalo-L.A. game, there were some great comments by a couple of uh, uh, members of the Kings, Todd McClellan and uh, Drew Doughty. So, L.A. had a 3-1 lead on the Sabres, end up losing 5-3. The Kings now have lost 12 of 14. Five of those games in an over an overtime or shootout fashion. But after the game, uh, a couple of candid comments from the Kings. We'll go with Todd McClellan first, and here's what he had to say to the media following that loss to the Sabres. I, I think they're being noble. They, the two of them shouldn't take the blame. That's, that's on everybody. That's on the guy wearing the suit behind the bench, and that's on... The 20 others that put the uh, the equipment on. It's not just 11 and 8 because they wear um, letters. 
Um, that's unacceptable. We're up 3-1. Uh, we're maybe not playing our best, but the stupidity that went into that loss is beyond explainable. I could come up here and tell you that, hey, in the past we've been close. Maybe we didn't get some luck around the net. But I haven't, until now, been able to come in and say, boy, we played really dumb. <laughs> and that's what we did. Todd, that's two wins in 14 games. Yeah, that's... Uh... Head coach Todd McClellan. So, again, two wins in the 14 games. You heard the reporter's next question coming out of the barrel, but 2-7-5. Uh, and five. and then also Drew Doughty had some comments about, well, the Kings just aren't playing like they were before in the season and maybe a little too much individuality. What has to change here? Um, I think we got guys in this room who are too worried about themselves and worried about their points and worried about stuff like that. We get a 3-1 lead tonight. And, you know, guys start thinking it's a, it's a cookie night and we stop playing the way we know to play, have an awful second period, and then aren't much better in the third. Uh, it's about the team. It's not about yourself. And a lot of guys on this team are going to need to realize that. This whole stretch of games, every game has been relatively close. Does this feel like maybe the bottom out for you guys with how the, the second and the third went? I mean, honestly, it's felt like the bottom out for a while now. Um, it's frustrating not getting these wins. We're trying to stay positive. We're trying to you know, get back to having fun out there and play our game. But uh, it's hard to do that when you're on a streak like this. And uh, this is this has been a struggle for us. And the only way we're going to get out of it is if we get everybody's 100% effort and everyone playing for the team and for each other. So the Kings continue to fall in the Western Conference standing. So, you know, too many guys thought it was cookie night. Um, thinking Moore and Fiala, well, they were minus 4-4 four last night. And then, of course, uh, Dubois, Pierre-Luc Dubois, was minus one, but only saw 11 minutes and 17 seconds of ice. So you can kind of connect the dots there. Oilers in action tonight. Chicago in town. Blackhawks obviously icing a team that is, uh, you know, far superior than most NHL rosters on paper. But you saw Chicago play the Oilers very tough, very difficult uh, in the last meeting, they were sitting back, waiting for the Oilers, not really pressing, not forcing the issue. But the Oilers, uh, if they can get out of the gates a lot better than they did, maybe it's a wake-up call what happened the other night against Columbus, and they use that to their advantage. If you take Chicago out of the game quite early tonight, I can't see Chicago having, um, first of all, the wherewithal, the talent, and then, I mean, coming in at 3 o'clock in the morning after... Uh, a game in Seattle, uh, maybe enough gas in the tank to do anything in the later stages of the game. Stu Skinner, I mean, does he start tonight? I don't know. Probably Cal Pickard. Maybe Cal Pickard will see the, the ice tonight, see the net tonight for the Oilers. If he does, Cal Pickard, it would be his 100th career NHL start. But Skinner, then he'd be ready to go Saturday against the a tough opponent on the road, or at home, pardon me, that comes in on the road in Nashville Predators for an afternoon game. Skinner, 18-2 and two since that shutout that he picked up on November 24th against Washington. And we talked about it all day yesterday, how lights out he has been. Absolutely phenomenal uh, since that shutout against Washington on November 24th. 11 straight wins, breaking Grant Fear's record. Uh, since that December 22nd, um, game in New York where the Oilers kind of started this little run for Skinner with 11 straight wins, a 1.14 goals against average and a 949 save percentage. Just eye-popping, absolutely eye-popping numbers. Uh, the other thing that's really 
you could say surprising. I think it would say surprising because if you were to to say what's been the key on special teams for the Oilers during a run like this, well, everyone would say, well, it's a power play. Look at it last year. Was it, you know, they were scoring at a one for three clip. But in fact, it's been the penalty kill. The penalty kill is the main reason when you're looking at special teams for the Oilers' success during this 14-game winning streak. They're first in the league with the penalty kill at 93.2%. And the fact that they are just dominating teams in the third period as well with 26 goals and three goals against, that has a lot to say about it as well. Duke Adelbert, let's welcome in the Duke. Uh, morning, Duke, and a big win for the Tropicana, as you were saying last night before the show. Wow. Oh, yeah, huge win down at uh, Millwoods, 10.30 oh. game time. No Claire Drake? No, yeah, kind of a, a quote-unquote road game for us. Which was great. I think eleven nothing was the okay, final. Come on! And you know what, Kevin? You know what's funny? We scored eleven goals. You had nothing. I don't know if I got a single point on the night. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but if you're playing defense in an eleven nothing game, that's what you're concerned about. Well, that and so like obviously, and I guess I shouldn't say obviously, but for me, like we we play in a pretty uh, middle of the road division. I think Div six or seven even now. Um, I, I'm not, you know, going full out on defense, mm-hmm. uh, you know, burying guys in the corner and stuff. I take it. I obviously want to, <laughs> you know, win and things. But at a certain point in a beer league game when you're pitching the the goose egg, you kind of like, you know, yeah. this is a pretty rare, rare event. You kind of want to get it for your goalie at that point. So we did try and, I don't know, lock it down in the third a little bit. But it, it I'm not going to say it was too tough of a task. The, our opponents, they had a, a pretty short okay, bench. Okay, 11 nothing. Let's the, short bench. Can't be much of an opponent. And they had some good players still, which you know, if you if you're caught Susan, they'll snap. Are they one. even registered in a division? They'll snap one past you. Yeah, ours. We, uh, I think we beat them already once this year, definitely. But they usually this team, I think, if from what I, I'm really bad at this. When we play a team, I can't. Re- I was like, have we played these guys before? I don't. I don't remember. Uh, and this I, team normally has a bunch of subs coming, kind of like some ringers. See, Duke, they didn't, I, have, they didn't I, have those guys. I last fully night. expected to hear Nathan McKinnon numbers from you last night. I fully expected like three goals in one period, four goals. That's what McKinnon had last night, 6-2 Colorado over Washington. McKinnon is, uh, well, he's the runaway leader right now for the Hart Trophy. But I thought I was going to hear Nate McKinnon numbers from the Duke today. No, no, not really. Not really my game. Um, I was putting up like Rod Langway numbers. How's that (laughs) for you? On the back end, I was blocking some shots. Shot suppression, that's my specialty. I'm an elite defender. I, I think kinda, I am. I think I am about a point per game player this year from oh, the really? back end. Yeah. yeah. Well, <laughs> when you're winning eleven nothing and you don't get any that's, points, yeah, that's not quite good enough. That's not performance, Duke. No. Need a little more out of you next time. Try better. Uh, we, the, got, we we got ten days off now before our oh, next game. Well, so you guys, it's just like the All Star break for you guys. Correct. So, uh, are the uh, Tropicana's going to any tropical weather desta- destinations or what? Uh, I don't <laughs> think so. I'll be going to Delburn. That's my All Star. I'm looking break. forward to the King of Fort Nasty's uh, Texas morning. Chime in this morning after he hears that the Duke went pointless in an eleven nothing romp for the Tropicana's. <laughs> one eight three three four zero one fourteen forty. We'll get to some of your texts as they roll in uh, later uh, in the program. AJ Jakubic, Edmonton's finest. TSN twelve hundred in Ottawa. We'll guess with us at seven twenty. Looking forward to this conversation with AJ after the last uh, our last conversation, which was nothing. <laughs> AJ had alarm clock problems uh, last time. Ladislav Schmid, of course, is our co-host every. Thursday from uh, 
8 to 10. So Laddie will uh, check in. Probably just working out like a demon right now. Uh, of course, Mark Spector for On The Mark and Booster Juice at 8 o'clock. Frank Saravalli, daily face-off. Lots on Frank's plate and our headliner of the day for Mr. Reuter. A lot of uh, uh, topics of conversation on uh, Frank's plate right now. We'll have our ski report at 9 o'clock. Carmen DeFalco from ESPN 1000. I believe this will be his third or fourth time on the show. Great guest. We'll be able to talk about the Blackhawks game tonight and also some, uh, you know, musings and things going on in Chicago, maybe with the Bears and things like that. And uh, that'll come up at 9.20. And then Joel Reedy, Associated Press, covers the L.A. Chargers. Of course, Chargers with a big signing on the coaching front yesterday, picking up Jim Harbaugh from Michigan. So he will be the guy that hopefully can lead the former Roshep T-Bird, Connor Halley. Waiting for you, Duke. Waiting for you, Duke. I I, I was not uh, not ready for you that were one. Picking that one up. Uh, uh, yeah, Connor. Lead Connor out of darkness. Out of How's dark, that? The, the, Depression. The, you know, I I told Connor once that I didn't. I liked the Chargers when they were in San Diego, mm-hmm. but I can't I can't share for you know I I don't have any no no vested interest with them now. But I liked it back in the day when they had Dan Fouts and guys like that. So, um, long time ago. When we come back, AJ Jackiebeck from TSN 1200 on the Kevin Carey Show on Sports 1440. Stay with us. All right, welcome back to the big program. Time now for the Puck Report brought to you by Fountain Tire. Fountain Tire is helping you stay on the road safely with flexible payment plans to suit your needs. Talk to the local store about their financing options. Learn more at FountainTire.com as we welcome in AJ Jackiebeck from TSN 1200. In Ottawa to the mighty, mighty Sports 1440. Good morning, AJ. Morning, Kevin. How are you? Well, just doing outstanding out here. What about yourself? Top drawer. Top? It's actually, you know what? I've gone from counting down the amount of games left in the Senator season, 47 <laughs> games, 46 games, 45 games, to actually like looking forward to watching this team play. What? It's amazing what one week of hockey uh, has done here and Shane Pinto's return and they had a mom's trip and uh, they're starting to look like a hockey team again and yeah it doesn't look like there's going to be playoff hockey here mm-hmm. in Ottawa for the seventh season in a row but at least for the last week they've been entertaining to watch. I guess the question then AJ why is it taking so long? Yeah it's a great question. Uh, poor starts again. They started poorly the last four years, and, and, and that's, that was the focus this year under DJ Smith. It, it was, okay, can this team start well? Because they'd finished well under him the last few seasons. But uh, they were 4-15-1 out of the gate a couple of seasons ago. Uh, last year wasn't very good either. They were 6-12-1, and, and I think there was a lot of surprise uh, amongst not just the fan base, but many media members that at 6-12-1, and one, he was able to keep going last year. But they finished strong. Uh, they, they got to the trade deadline where it felt like they are right in the mix for a playoff spot. Then they went out west, uh, won, lost 4-5, or five, and it was, okay, they're, at, they're out again. And, and this year, uh, you know, they started 10-10, ten and 10, but then they went out west again. And I don't know what it is about uh, the west for this hockey team, but... Uh, two 0-5 road trips where they didn't even get a loser point, uh, basically sunk their season. So, uh, yeah, and then they had a coaching change, and, and it didn't, uh, you know, unlike Edmonton and other places, uh, there was no new coach bump. Uh, but now it feels like, you know, Jacques Martin has been trying to 
and still a 200-foot game and, and, and better defensive structure in this group. And it didn't really stick early on, but right now it finally looks like they're learning some of those lessons. And uh, mm. uh, they've probably been beating themselves up a lot. And I, I truly think that Shane Pinto's return, not just what he brings on the ice, and slotting is so important with this team up the middle. Uh, now you've got three pretty good lines, the third line that include Pinto, Joseph, and Tarasenko, whereas it, it seemed like they had two fourth lines uh, uh, when, when he was out of the lineup. But, uh, but he's brought, just what he's brought to the room, you can tell, like his first interview back, here's a guy who was suspended 41 games because mm-hmm. of gambling, and he, he, just a breath of fresh air listening to him, talking about how he learned from his mistake and how happy he is just to be playing hockey again. And, and I think when you bring someone like that into a room full of guys that are probably hanging their heads, I think they realize that, you know what, can't be feeling sorry for myself. Here's Shane Pinto. He's not feeling sorry for himself. And, and I think uh, that energy is permeated throughout the room. So it, it's one week and four games. But it just feels like a completely different team. And I, I truly think, like, I don't think they're making a playoff. There, there's no way. There's just too much ground to make up. Yeah. But I truly think they're going to win a lot of games in the second half of the season. A.J. Jakubic, TSN 1200, our guest on uh, Sports 1440. And, you know, A.J., I just loved uh, what Jacob Chickren was talking about on Tuesday. His name has been bandied about in trade rumors for a long time, and now in the next month or so, it's going to even ramp up even more, and maybe he's trying to put out some fires. But what did you make of his comments on Tuesday, just the fact that he thinks it's totally ridiculous that his name is even being out there? I think it's genuine, for sure. I, I think this is a player that, unlike Alex Dabrinkit, when they traded for him, I, I think he actually does want to be in Ottawa. And it is. His father, Jeff, uh, uh, grew up here, and, and there's still family here. His grandfather's here. His sister moved here, even though, uh, you know, they all grew up in, in Florida uh, from Jeff Chitman's playing days. So I, I think he wants to be here, but you, you look at the blue line, and right now there's $20 million, uh, on the left side of the blue line right now. And, you know, with Pierre Dorian, a lot of times he was making trades that, weren't really in the best interest of the hockey club. Uh, it was just making trades to, to bring in good hockey players. But, you know, I, I think with Sanderson and Shabbat already here, mm-hmm. the three best defensemen are all on the left side. So in a perfect world, I, I think if you're keeping two, I mean, Jake Sanderson is an absolute no-brainer uh, to, to keep number one. I mean, he's one of the few untouchables on this hockey team. Uh, that that means, okay, what are you doing with, with defenseman number two? And I think Chikrin would certainly bring more back in a trade. He's got a year and a half left on his contract right now. It's reasonable, yeah. under $5 million. So there's a lot of teams that can say, okay, for a rental, much like uh, Edmonton with Matias Ekholm when they traded for him, and of course uh, he's extended, and, and, and that's been a real good trade for them. I think teams can look at Chikrin and say, okay, well, we can get two playoff runs out of him, at a very reasonable rate, he is not a four and a half million dollar defenseman. He's a guy that I think is going to command probably between six and seven million on his next deal. So that that's the conundrum that I think management is in right now, mm-hmm. um, because I, I just don't think you're going to get the same type of return for Thomas Shabbat. Uh, but we'll, we'll see what happens. This is a blue line that, uh, again, it, it just doesn't fit. Shabbat and Chikrin have played together. 
uh, two left side defensemen, and, and, and it hasn't really worked, even though in the last couple of games it, it's been a little bit better. So kind of square peg and round hole. Um, we'll, we'll see what happens. I, I'm sure if Ottawa trades Jacob Chikrin, especially if he's wanting to re-sign here, uh, they would really have to make out well in, in terms of the return. But it, it's something that they have to listen to because there's no doubt they have to make some changes here and probably balance out uh, the blue line a little bit better in terms of left and right. A.J. Jakubic uh, with us on Sports 1440. Uh, A.J., former Edmontonian, now in Ottawa. So, you know, A.J., when when the Senators were going very badly at the beginning of the year, everyone was talking about, well, maybe one of the – you know, the group of five should be broken up and, you know, you make a big, big splash and try to make one of these guys available in the sense that, you know, maybe we really, really need a big name shakeup. Is that mentality kind of still out there, do you think? Yeah, I think it's it's interesting. They've, they've talked, whether it's Steve Stales, whether uh, Dave Poulin, who they brought into the management core, they've talked about, just bringing stability to the group. Uh, you know, there was a great interview a couple of weeks ago with Dave Poulin, who was kind of a weekly guest with us <laughs> on our morning show, um, where, where he talked about hopefully the answers here are internal. And so I think they want to give this group as much rope as possible to, to say, okay, you know what, maybe the answers are within this group. I, I think there's a handful of players that are certainly untouchable. It's, Brady Kachuk, it's Tim Stutzla, it's Jake Sanderson, and then you kind of go to the next set of of core players. I I also think there's a couple of young guys in Ridley Gregg and Shane Pinto who, I I mean, are they 100% untouchable? Um, Probably not, but you'd have to really blow the doors off uh, this team because Gregg is such a smart, competitive player that looks like he's going to be an NHLer for a long time. And Shane Pinto is exactly what this team needs, especially up the middle. A little more size, rangy, a guy who scored 20 goals in this league, but plays a smart, responsible 200-foot game that he learned at the University of North Dakota. So I, I just don't see any of those guys yeah. being moved. So that, that leads to the next kind of outer rim. Guys like Jacob Chikrin, Thomas Shabbat, uh, Drake Batherson, Josh Norris. Um, you know, I think Norris and Shabbat would be your best bet to be moved, but they also have big contracts that yeah. you're probably not getting back as much as you would in a trade for somebody else, like a Jacob Chikrin, for example, even though you know, I hope they, they sign this guy long-term. So, yeah, it, it's, uh, it's an interesting conundrum that this team has because uh, it, it's like anything. To, to get what you want in a trade, you're going to have to give up a little bit more, and so you might have to give up a player that uh, you don't really want to if you want to take the next step. But I do think there's a lot of good pieces here still. They send out the prospect pool, which is unfortunate. I mean, that's what happens when you trade away your first-round pick a couple of years in a row uh, and you don't make the playoffs. Uh, You've made some moves to bring in Alex Dabrinkit and Jacob Chikrin. The Dabrinkit trade did not work out. The Chikrin trade, uh, we'll wait and see. I think a lot of that depends on if they do sign them long-term. But uh, in the meantime, I think for the here and now, uh, beyond the UFAs, and you've got Tarasenko, who's played pretty well for this team, Kubalik, who uh, hasn't really seemed to fit. I I just don't know what they're going to do between now and the end of the season. I I think that's probably more of an off-season move to to really restructure this group. So that that leads this group 
to have a, again a couple of good months. They have a couple of good months, then maybe maybe they kind of turn their attention to, to keeping this group together and, yeah. and saying, okay, we do truly believe this team has turned the corner. They've learned how to play defense. They've learned how to play structural hockey. And maybe next year is the year that this team can truly make a push for the playoffs in the East. AJ Jacobin with us, uh, Sports 1440, AJ out in Ottawa, TSN 1200. Uh, AJ, with Claude Giroux coming in, what would you say, how would you say, how would you describe his play and the leadership that he's kind of offered this team and he's basically been a point to game guy this year yeah he's been fantastic since he arrived and a guy that uh like he grew up in hearst ontario but his family moved here in his early teens and so he's called ottawa home in the off seasons ever since and certainly played uh some of his later minor hockey in ottawa as well and uh he's he's been worth every penny of what they've paid him and and then some because he has produced on the ice but uh, I think what he's brought from a leadership standpoint, you just listen to him through the tough times. And, and I, I think that's the biggest problem of what we saw early on this year is when they were down in the dumps, they, they had guys that couldn't get uh, out of the doldrums. And, and with Claude Giroux, he just brought it each and every night, whether the team was playing well or not. And, and that's a true pro. That's someone that's been around that, that you know, I, I think you, you want players who's okay. Yeah, it's great if, if your A game is, is phenomenal and you can look like a superstar that night. But if you're not bringing it, you don't want your F game. You, you want someone who's going to bring a C game. That, that's still going to bring something. And, 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 and that bottom end isn't going to be widely variant from what you get at the top end from a player. And I think that's what they've had from Claude Giroux. I mean, he's late 30s here and, and still playing like a guy that uh, is in his prime, which is incredible to see. So... Yeah, I, I think he's got another year on his contract. Um, from, from an Ottawa perspective, you'd love to see mm-hmm. them be in a spot next year where they take a jump, kind of like New Jersey did last year. Uh, and, and they're a playoff team because, you know, this is a guy that came here, yes, he came here to come home, but he also believed that this team was ready to win. And, you know, it hasn't happened yet. So uh, hopefully for him and, and for the Ottawa Senators, uh, they can at least provide him with a pretty good playoff run next year. And um, he certainly looks like a guy, kind of like Joe Pavelski yeah. in Dallas, that uh, he's not falling off a cliff anytime uh, soon when it comes to his play. One more for you on the Senators, AJ, just uh, in the sense, is everything kind of settled off the ice? I mean, you did mention Dave Poole, and he's kind of, I guess you would call him Steve Steos' right-hand man, new coach, but is there going to be another coach for next year? Where are we at with Jacques Martin and kind of everything away from on the ice, uh, you know, moves and, and things like that going forward here? Well, my God, I hope so. Uh, some of the stuff <laughs> we've seen really over the last few years, I mean, uh, certainly extending into Eugene Melnick's era, I think that's been a big problem here. There's been too many fires, and you know, some of the fires you couldn't have predicted this year, like the 41-game suspension to Shane Pinto, but, you know, the the situation surrounding the Dadnov trade and mm-hmm. uh, the fact that they lost a first-round pick there, which led to the firing of general manager Pierre Dorian. Um, and, and, yeah, just, just having the fans. And, and you know what it's like in Edmonton as well. It, you know, when things aren't going well in a Canadian market, it's just amplified. And, you know, things weren't going well early in the season, and you had – uh, the fans, so not all of them, but but certainly a, a vocal minority of them at, at Sens games 
chanting fire DJ and that prompted, uh, you know, Coach Rue and Brady Kachuk to fire off a little bit back. So I, I think uh, I think it's calmed. I think the worst is over. I think rock bottom has been hit. And now they can just, you know, slowly look to put their stamp on their team from Michael Anlauer uh, to Steve Stales and Dave Poulin on down. In terms of the head coach, I, I think Jacques Martin and Daniel Alfredson have done a pretty good job, even though the record hasn't shown it so far but you can start to see this team is playing their best structured hockey in a long long time uh, under this group and so like I said I I suspect they're going to win a lot more games than they lose between now and the end of the season which only is really going to affect draft position Uh, so what do they do going forward I I just don't know if Jacques Martin wants to do this full time he was hired here to be a senior advisor and when things went south with the coaching staff they, they, they made the move behind the bench with him, but he's 70, 71 years old, and, you know, it's, it's a grind, the NHL mm-hmm. season. Uh, he's really the oldest coach in NHL history because Scotty Bowman, sorry, when uh, Scotty Bowman didn't coach this late in his career, and Al Arbor did, but that was a, a very short time period. So uh, towards the end, and, and almost symbolic to, to get him some games to, yeah. to, to get a milestone. So I, I just don't know that's a long-term solution unless he wants to uh, and this team really uh, rolls in, in the second half of the season so yeah I mean you, you look at possible names and you look at a couple of names uh, I mean Patrick Law was certainly one that was brought up here uh, for a while but he's gone to the New York Islanders uh, John Gruden's a name that's been brought up he's coaching the Toronto Marlies has lots of experience in the NHL as an assistant coach and, and, and coached Hamilton to an OHL title alongside and Lauer and Stales, so there's that connection. And then, of course, with Dave Poole, and there's the great Craig Berube uh, <laughs> name. And, and, you know, those guys played together for a long time in Philadelphia. And, and Berube, of course, won a Stanley Cup in St. Louis, one of the best candidates, I think, on the market. So those are some names that I, I would think they look at in the off season, But in the meantime, I think they want to finish the season with this group. And uh, as long as they uh, keep going from what we've seen the last week, I think that's a smart move. What about Jay Woodcroft? Yeah, I don't know. (laughs) And I guess Stales would know Woodcroft, obviously, from the days in Edmonton, uh, that transition period from Hamilton to Edmonton before he came here. But, yeah, it's... They might have grabbed him already if they wanted, eh, AJ? Well, and I I just find it hard. Like, And I know, like, the win percentage was great, but, you know, they, they struggled so bad early in the season. And it's clear that they needed a change in terms of, and I don't know if that was, you'd know better than me yeah. if that was. I just think if they, if they really wanted them, AJ, they would have grabbed them yeah. at this point of the season like before they hired and brought back Jacques Martin. You know, I, I think they would have done that if they, if that was their guy. Yeah, I, I think so. And it probably, it just doesn't help. And, and look, we, we saw it, we saw it last year when, you know, DeBoer and bonus and, uh, Montgomery, and, and uh, you had, of course, Cassidy. I mean, there was a rotating cast of characters uh, amongst coaches, and, and all those teams did well. So just because the guy gets fired doesn't mean he's going to be not very good in his next job. But it, it's just like Edmonton seemed to have everything there, and, you know, they were they looked as bad as Ottawa to start the season. Mm-hmm. Very similar uh, trajectory. They were probably worse. <laughs> yeah, and with a better roster, yes, like clearly as we're seeing right now. So, I, I just have a hard time thinking that that's where you want to go at is, the top of your list is, right now. Yeah. But 
Um, you know, the win percentage from his time there, you know, you look at it, you say, well, this guy probably should get another chance in the NHL at some point. Mm-hmm. Just got to ask you a couple of Red Blacks questions while we got AJ yeah. Jackie back on the line. A um, couple signings. Uh, they bring back uh, uh, receiver Dominic Rimes and uh, um, Bryce Carter's going to hang around and then Drew Brown. So uh, Red Blacks making a lot of waves here in the last couple of days. Well, it's been, and I don't have to tell you this because it's been very similar in Edmonton, yeah. but, you know, this is a team that needs to win some games this year. Uh, 14 wins in the last four seasons, uh, back-to-back four-win seasons. So this, this team has to find a way to get to, and, you know, no one's going to be planning any parades if you win seven or eight games, but, you know, they have to find a way to get at least to that point where, you know, they're closer to 500, pushing for a playoff spot. Ideally, you'd like to be in the playoffs, uh, and, and you can turn things around quickly in the CFL. We saw that here in Ottawa uh, in 2014. They won two games, and, the next year, they went to the Grey Cup, lost to Edmonton with maybe their best team ever. They won 12 in the regular season. So you can turn it around quickly. I think they've made some some pretty prudent moves. Like There weren't a lot of top-end quarterbacks available in the market. To me, there was two possibilities, and one's going to Edmonton. Mm-hmm. Bethel Thompson, I know not everyone's all that thrilled about it with uh, you know some people thinking that He's blocking Trey Ford. I actually think it's a pretty good move for Edmonton to have two quarterbacks. I think you need multiple quarterbacks in this league to succeed, and Edmonton's got two, and Ottawa's got two, and maybe three if Jeremiah Masoli gets uh, back to full health again, which is a big if given his injuries the last couple of years. But Drew Brown, I mean, he threw nine touchdowns and no interceptions uh, this year in Winnipeg. And every time I watched him play, and I know one of those games was against Edmonton, he looked like a guy that you thought, okay, this guy's ready to make a jump. He's ready to be a starter. So I, I think Ottawa made a good move getting Drew Brown. They still have Dustin Crum, who was thrown into the fire last year and I think has uh, a lot of upside. They needed to improve uh, upon their skill position players. And Dominic Grimes, to me, at his best, is the number one receiver in this league. And I think, you know, much like on defense, you know, like an Ekholm going to Edmonton. Uh, a Shane Pinto up the middle in Ottawa. If you're talking about centers, slotting is so important when you've got that guy who can move in and now you're not playing fourth-line centers uh, as a second-line center. You're not playing a number 7D in, in your top four. And, you know, Ottawa, I'm not sure, had that number one receiver. Jalen Acklin looked like a number one receiver two years ago, but, you know, last year really struggled. And, you know, was that quarterbacking? Was that him? Was that defense's? owning in on him, I don't know, but maybe it was a combination of all of it. But now you've got Rhymes, who's a legitimate big target. You can go stretch the field with him, and and to supplement him, you've got Jalen Acklin. You've got uh, another pretty good uh, receiver uh, in Braylon Addison, uh, who, who started to look healthy again towards the end of last season. So I, I think they've done a pretty good job. Uh, you know, they've brought in a different offensive coordinator as well, and Tommy Condell, and uh, he's highly respected throughout the league. So we'll see what happens. Mm-hmm. But it's fine to do well in February, or in, in this case, late January. Uh, they need wins in, in June and July and August and so on and so forth. And uh, uh, certainly a good start to the offseason. We'll see what they do the next couple of weeks. But uh, significant uh, last week for sure for the Red Blacks. Hey, AJ, thanks for your time this morning. When are you making a trip out here for a visit? Oh, that's a great question. Summer for sure. I think July 14th, 
they play the Elks, so I'll be there for that. Yeah. And we'll see if I get out uh, again. I always love coming back home. Well, maybe we'll get together for a quick shot in the arm. Yeah, no, I'm always game <laughs> for that. You know that. Thanks, AJ. Take care, man. Cheers, Kevin. That's AJ Jakubik, TSN 1200, and our puck report brought to you by Fountain Tire. Head to FountainTire.com to check out their winter tire lineup and brand offerings. What do you think there? Uh, Donovan, the intern's taking over the board. Uh Uh-oh. AJ can spin a yarn, can he, Donovan? AJ can really talk. That guy (laughs) guy knows what he's talking about, too. Well, let's not get that carried away. Come on, man. At least he showed up this time. (laughs) We're just kidding. I know AJ. AJ's one of the top guys in... Well, you know what? When he was here, we had lots of fun with AJ. And then, of course, he moved out to Ottawa and it's just, he had some health scares a few years back. And man, it's just good to see him, you know, back in the saddle, 100% loving his job and doing uh, what he does out in the nation's capital. When we come back, we'll have some open time. And keep in mind, Laddie Schmid, top of the hour at 8 o'clock, our co host from 8 to 10 on Sports 1440. And of course, we'll have Mark Spector, Frank Saravalli in that 8 o'clock hour as well. Much more to come on the Kevin Carey Show on Sports 1440. Stay with us. All right, welcome back to the big program, the 7.40 break-ish, only because AJ goes on and on and on, doesn't he, eh? He just loves it, Duke. He likes firing it up, and I thought, you know what, I better squeeze just one Red Blacks question, and I knew we were over our allotted time, but... Ah, what's a few more minutes? Yeah, I mean, an Edmonton guy, you know? Oh, that's. I think that's a nice thing, too. I think there's a lot of people here in the city still have a... Uh, uh, some fond memories of AJ's time here in the city, uh, working around the biz. Yeah. So uh, I, it's always great to uh, hear mm-hmm. from him and catch up. And he's got a great pulse on what's happening down in our nation's capital. So lots of great insight there. Uh, text coming in one eight three three four zero one fourteen forty. We were talking with the Duke about the big eleven nothing win last night by the uh, Tropicana Orange men. Ant Man says Duke should have went for the Gordie Howe hat trick. Uh, in case you missed it, it was an eleven nothing victory, and the Duke was held off the score sheet. I might have to check, uh, see if the you stats, can't count. see if the stats are up today, and see uh, if they maybe uh, maybe greased me one or something. No, <laughs> <laughs> if they did, I'll write a letter to the league and be like, please remove this point from my uh, register. It is not earned. Uh, Matt and Leduc says, "Sounds like the Duke is going to be owed a big time performance bonus bonus at the end of the season." Yeah, games played, baby. Is that, yeah, GP, <laughs> GP. Wow. Just talking with AJ Jakubic about the possibilities of Jacques Martin staying on as head coach next year. Jordan says, I don't see Craig Berube reunited with Tarasenko after their time together in St. Louis. Well, Tarasenko, I believe, has he'd be an unrestricted free agent next year. So that probably wouldn't be a problem. If I don't see, you know, if they were to bring in Berube to be the head coach, Obviously, they have the decision to make on Tarasenko, but he's a UFA, and maybe he, you know, he's making five million, so that frees up a lot of cap space for next year. Probably a non-issue, unless Tarasenko felt that he wanted to stay there, and maybe they could work together, Baruby and uh, Tarasenko. But I would think Baruby would be really high on that list in Ottawa to kind of get things going. Oilers in action tonight. Chicago Blackhawks in town. The Hawks lost 6-2 last night in Seattle. The Oilers' 5-on-5 play has been nothing short of uh, spectacular. When you look at it in the sense that who are their main contributors in 5-on-5 play? Warren Fogle is their best 5-on-5 player during this 
14-game winning streak. Five goals, nine assists, 14 points. Right behind him, Ryan McLeod. Seven goals, five assists, and 12 points. So you can see that they're getting that the depth, the, the depth scoring, the depth production, and they're also been pretty good defensively, uh, obviously with just allowing uh, six goals in the third period. But to see those two guys leading in five-on-five scoring – it, it shows you a lot of the makeup of the team and where it is. Leon Dreisaitl, six goals, six assists in the 12 games, uh, or 12 points in the 14 uh, wins. And Connor McDavid, just five goals, well, just five goals and seven assists, 12 points in the 14 uh, wins. So, you know, it shows you exactly the roster makeup and what's going and moving forward. Uh, when we come back, top of the hour, it will be Ladislav Schmid, fresh off his big-time workout, and Mark Spector, and then uh, Frank Saravalli will uh, be with us at 8.20. Uh, at 9 o'clock, we'll have our ski report. And, hey, it was great to see the knob chair open. It opened up yesterday at Marmot Basin. Uh, we had some pictures, and everyone was talking about just the fact of how cool it was to after so long and i mean they wanted this thing ready to go for the start of the year but because of weather snow it just wasn't available but great to see the knob chair uh, ready to roll so we'll have our ski report at nine o'clock carmen defalco from espn 1000 will be our guest at 9 20 and joe reedy associated press he covers the la chargers big big news out of chargerville as they picked up uh, their new head coach yesterday signing jim harbaugh when we come back It'll be Ladislav Schmid, Mark Spector. Before that, time now for a Sports 1440 update brought to you by First Round. Watch NFL football this Sunday, AFC, NFC, Divisional Championships. You could win a trip to watch your favorite team next year. Here is the Duke.